You are approaching me? Well, I can't isekai you unless I get closer. But I don't need to be transported to another one. I already got a new fucking car. I don't need another one. Bitch, please, it's about to go again. podcast you think going to conventions is easy however it's anything but happy november everybody and that was our one jojo reference for the year one you, why are you lying like that you know we've done more than we've one. only done one we've only done one quotation marks one quotation marks doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back to the conventional podcast. You know us, you love us, or you hate us. If you still hate us, dear Jesus, why are you still listening? Yeah, I'd be wondering about that too, but we hope you are enjoying your turkey, because it is turkey month. Also, no nut November. You celebrate it. I don't. Shoot. No, I, I don't celebrate it. I know you don't. <laughs> anyway. So, so you know what we've been doing. <laughs> Gobbles Day, everybody, one way or another. Yeah, the goblin and you slobbering. One way we don't give a damn. So, or you're watching football. Yeah, because because that also happens on Thanksgiving for whatever reason. Oh yes, we're coming back to you smack dab in the middle. Why? Because I had to get tooth removed for several reasons. Yeah, that and me getting a new car and going through the whole insurance process is a huge pain in the ass. Oh my god, never get in a car accident because it is. Such a waste of time to get everything taken care of. It's literally taken me almost two months to get through all this bullshit. Oh yeah, while you were dealing with that, let's not even talk about the fact that my car decided to shut down before the con that we're actually going to be reviewing today. But luckily we were able to take the new conventional mobile up to Yomacon through a blizzard. Yeah, we rolled through the 90s and we were forever young. That was actually a fun trip, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was a very interesting but fun trip. Uh, I was glad that my new car does have four-wheel drive because that made it a lot smoother, actually, with the snow. Yeah, I blacked out halfway through the ride and woke up thinking we were flying. It was weird, yo. That's why you sleep for more than two hours the night before a convention. Don't ask questions, don't get answers. That's all I'm going to tell you. Probably in your best interest. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Let's actually get this bad boy started. So, to preface this review before we start this, I should mention that we have been staffing for this con for a bit. A very long time, guys. Yeah, I've been doing it a bit longer than Jax has, because I got brought on to guest relations in Yomakana 2012, and I suggested Jax come on about a year or two later. Yeah. And every year, usually we don't get a chance to actually give people a good glimpse at the convention itself but the funny thing about it is we actually get to see more of the convention than a lot of people usually do which is ironically how we got the format for our review setup yeah exactly and because of this we worked with a lot of interesting guests over the years which we'll probably talk at a later point in time because this is about the review of the convention but because jackson and i were working this convention we know a little bit more about the staff and the inner workings behind the scenes for this convention, so we'll be talking that a little bit more about this in this review specifically. So without further ado, let's actually jump straight into the review. So first on the docket is panels. 
Now, Panos at Yoma Khan are actually some of the best around. They actually have a very nice, wide, and diverse group. They're actually all very entertaining, and they usually get a very big turnout for each panel. Yes. Holy crap. There's usually lines out the door just to get to some of these freaking panels. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and as someone who's actually worked lines and maintaining the lines for certain panels, they can get long and they can get quick, and the lines start, like, sometimes they start an hour early. And trust me, people get rowdy as hell at these damn things. So. Yeah, people have tried to bribe me to get into the room early. It's always a no, but it has happened many a time. Yeah, I never understand that. Like, hey, I'll give you $20 to let me slip into this hentai panel. Bitch, go away. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Now, I do have some issues with this year's panels which is why uh, our grading system is a little iffy this year but it was more or less because of the hentai panels for some stupid reason there were no guards outside of the hentai panel room this year and because of that and as in previous reviews that we've done if you aren't covering your stuff at your pan at your con and it's hentai related we have an issue with it yeah and that's gonna be kind of a theme for this episode of censor your lewds it's a family-run event guys come on now. now if it was 18 plus that's obviously a totally different ball game but i mean if you have kids running around and you're showing this between like noon to six when there'll be tons of kids out under the age of 18 you need to have that stuff censored exactly so yeah the hentai panels run late but still guys you kind of still need a a guard or something or anything yeah, so because of that, out of the full point that we gave it, panel's got a point nine out of one. Yes. Now, you might be thinking, oh, that's a little bit lenient after all that bitching. No, um, trust me, when we say that how much weight was carried with the normal panels versus the hentai panels, and that was our only discretion, eh. Yeah, and keep in mind, we also didn't talk about audio or any technical issues. That's because they had none. All the audio staff and tech staff were nearby if there was an issue and it got fixed right away and it went swimmingly yes. sometimes panelists ran a little bit late but other than that we saw that it was pretty standard from what we heard from other convention attendees and that shit ran like clockwork trust me yeah so let's talk about my personal favorite thing on this fucking review the god damn lines yeah so lines were actually the biggest issue for this convention this year oh jesus yeah, I know. Uh, Begin okay. your rant. Okay, now, I've worked a lot of departments over the years. He one, has. One of my personal favorite departments to work is registration because I get to see your smiling faces and I get to make sure that you guys get to go into the convention as quickly as humanly possible. He also wants you to buy the shinier badge. I always want the shinier... Hell, I want the shinier badge. Now... I can tell you that based on experience, though. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> Here's my issue. Lines shouldn't last for more than, let's say, hour 30 minutes. That's the longest a line should ever have to go. That sounds like an inhumane amount of time, but considering the mass amount of people that are coming, makes sense. That is at con registration. Pre-reg should be Almost instantaneous, flash. if not 15 minutes maybe, at worst, probably? Yeah. Pre-registration should not be four hours and 15 minutes long. Yeah. What the flying gorillas fuck is this? 
Yeah, so we heard reports of anywhere from 3 hours to 4 hours and 15 minutes for being the average line time. And it varied depending on time of day from what we got. Yep. Shout out to my friends who actually sat through those lines. Y'all rowdy. Man. Yeah, but when we heard that, we were like, that's ridiculous. Like, I wouldn't, if I pre-registered, I'd expect to get something in the mail or I could just walk up. Here's my ID in 10, 15 minutes and have a badge. That's usually how it goes. Now, I wouldn't be mad if this was just a first-day situation. That line for registration and pre-registration, that line never died. That son of a bitch just stayed. Yeah, it literally went all the way from Thursday to Sunday. And for some reason, that happened on Thursday. That normally never happens on a Thursday. (laughs) Like, I'm not 100% sure... If that's a good thing, if that's a bad thing. Actually, no, I think it's a horrendous thing. Yeah, I think it's pretty terrible, to be honest with you. Now, this comes back to us working conventions and having knowledge and understanding. They had some issues. That is a thing. They tried to get help. That is a thing. The help failed. That is a thing. My issue is this. There should have been fail-safes to prevent this shit from happening. That that's my own personal opinion. You can quote me on that. That is some shit that I will always fucking say. Exactly. So, with the line situation, the infamous Yomacon 2019 line situation, we are giving this son of a bitch a zero. Yeah, and it's almost as bad as the AX lines the first day, except AX fixed their lines last time it didn't persist throughout the whole entire convention this one it lasted the whole convention which is why it's getting the lower score yes to explain our methodology here yeah now let's let's get my stress and my blood pressure back down and actually talk about something that finally happened this year the game room yeah so the game room each year yomakon is actually really really good i think it's one of the best game rooms that you can get now me, I love games. I love tournaments. I fucking love tournaments. There are some tournaments that I wish happened more than others, but you know what? Fighting games are the shit. I can't complain. But Yomakon will have literally fighting game players come out and participate in their tournaments. They're that big and they're that popular. And they have tournaments for almost every single type of game. In addition to the tournaments, they also have a bunch of free play arcade games and console games, and they also have new indie stuff that you can test and try there. So they have a whole wide variety that you can participate in and experiment with. Okay, actually speaking of, there is something that I really wanted to jump on. There has been a game that's been in development for the longest time that I have been hell-bent on playing, and I finally got to play it this year, and it was the shit. For those that don't know... Them's Fighting Herds was a good-ass game. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. That is a good premise. It was a good idea. I ranked that shit next to some of my favorite fighting games. They even had Initial D there, but Jax and I once again didn't get a chance to race one another. This war will get solved eventually between the two of us and racing cars. Look, I'm, I'm just going to say it now. It's probably going to have to go into real life in this situation. Yeah, we've already talked about building initial D cars to race around in at conventions. Yeah, I'm not going to spend like a couple hundred K. I'm I'm probably just going to make like a box car or some shit like that. I'm not going to lie. But we thought it would be really fun to go around and then put Bluetooth speakers in and then play the music from initial D or Wangan. I like Wangan too. So Fair enough. All right. So, if you haven't figured out, we have mad hype for the game room of Yomacon. So, take a guess what we're fucking scoring it. It's one out of the full point because Hooray. it's that good. And they also do 
and have a nice streaming setup for the game room too, which we also didn't bring up, which is also a huge draw because that also helps bring in more attention to the tournaments that are there. Exactly. Now, let's jump away from the game room really quick and let's talk about the Masquerade. Well, the Masquerade, we weren't able to go to. Mainly because we were staffing. Yeah, now, here's the fun thing about that. I have enough friends that I had to actually hear how much mad hype was going down for the Masquerade. And just how much stuff was being shown. And I was getting sent pictures left and right and all this other stuff. And... I'm, I'm not going to lie. We had international guests that were willing and able to actually... They were able to come and visit over from Europe and help judge the competition, which was actually really neat. And we actually got to talk and speak to them and actually got to learn a bit, a couple tips from them. Honestly, one of my big things is I was actually a diehard fan of actually both of our international cosplayers. So it was actually just really nice to talk to them and actually see their stuff in person. That 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 made me happy. Yeah, the wigs are actually really nice and clean. I was very impressed by the wig work. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Now, the Masquerade was a hit. However, there were a few little things that we personally wished happened at the Masquerade that didn't happen. Yeah, th we didn't think the skits were as good as they could have been, but all the costume work was there. Yeah, and one of the big thing is we have international guests that were willing to judge the competition. We didn't really compound on that at all. Like, I wish we had more international cosplayers that were actually come out and actually show their stuff. But, you know what? It is what it is. And I'm also glad that it's giving the U.S. more chances to delve more to international competition so that that way we can experience more of the world through cosplay. I think that's a great thing. Most of the time, most people only get that chance going through Summit. And that is an entire episode in and of itself because World Cosplay Summit's rules might as well be a giant Bible. Yeah, because there's a lot of different requirements to go through that and how you do it. I have friends who have won it, and we might actually have the mods. We actually talk about specifically just the World Cosplay Summit. It's that big and that expansive. And it's something that I've always wanted to go to. Not even compete. I'm, I'm not at that level. But I want to go, so. We can get there one day. I believe in us. I don't. But anyway, so... With that being said, Masquerade, we give them out of point five a point four. Correct. Now, next on the docket are the dance and Ooh. the rave. Oh, boy. Oh, you didn't get to go. Oh, you should have went. You're right. I didn't get to go. So Jackson's basically going to talk about the rave here because oh. while he was at the rave, I was busy either working on stuff or trying to get something ready for the next day because I was... I had my guests contact me during the night, so I was trying to help them with what they needed. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Oh, well, you can also talk about the concert, because that was actually Yeah, cool. actually, I, I, I got to go see our concert. We'll talk about that more a bit later. Yeah. So, <clears throat> one of the big things that I actually try and look forward to in a rave is the ability to keep crowds and the ability to keep people pumped up, ready to go, keep on moving, all that good stuff. I put raves and dances all of that fun stuff to a point of a high pillar i need it to actually show me what they got i want to actually be forced to stay every single night that they had a rave at yomacon i couldn't leave it pissed me off how much good was coming out of those speakers it it, it ticked off every single thing that I wanted in a good anime rave. Decent anime music, good memes, good fucking backgrounds, everything. 
And there's so many things that I wish I could talk about that happened at the rave, but it's something that you have to go see to believe yourself. By the way, and this is something that I've been waiting to do for this episode alone, shout-outs to DJ Mesmer and MC Yoda. If you never heard MC Yoda do his thing, that man has earned his stripes. Like, that man will bring you to church when it comes to freaking raves. That man keeps the hype alive is what he does. Yeah, that, that is a bard right there. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. That was a bard. No, he, he's a level 100 bard at this point. <laughs> no shit. But yeah, no, talk about the Now, the concerts, concert, now, Jax and I worked with the musical guests this year. They were our guests, and uh, the guests actually did the opening to Shamari Shampoo, Sean Jubez, because he unfortunately passed away 10 years ago, uh, roughly. I can't remember the exact date. But we worked with them throughout the convention, and they put on a great concert. Every single set was a banger, and they put on great nerdcore music, and Jax and I were enjoying every little bit that we heard. Now, I used to be hardcore in the nerdcore scene. Like, I, I used to have MC front a lot. Everything in this fucking studio it is ridiculous how much I was into that. So, to get back into it just with some banging-ass tunes, I'm more than happy to. Yeah, and then in addition to that, they also put on very informative panels about music industry using anime in their lyrics, and they also did about how to promote yourself as a musician because they had that experience as well. And not gonna lie, we learned a shit ton just from what they were saying. It's, it was very informative, actually. Yeah, like, I was more surprised than anybody else. Shit, I learned more than I thought I would, and I wasn't even in school. Yeah. So, with that being said... And just out of absolute respect, we're giving the rave a one, like a solid one. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. You're giving them extra, extra credit now? Fuck yeah, they get extra credit. <laughs> no. But, no, no, no. No, that's no. not fair. Yeah. That's not fair. Compared to the other convention, that's right. Fine. They get a point five Thank out of point. You. They get max points. Yes, they do. I'll fit it in somewhere. Yeah. That's why we have the niche category <laughs> This is the exact reason why I write shit down. <laughs> even then, even then, I somehow successfully write down the wrong words. Now, moving on to Jax's other happy place, we're heading to Tabletop. Oh yeah, no, all the figures I bought are still on my on the desk right now, actually. <laughs> He's not lying, but for their Tabletop, it's the biggest and most expansive and it had the widest selection of any Tabletop room we have been in this far this year. Yeah, that actually, like, threw me for a loop, because even all these years, I really used to not go to Tabletop at Yomacon, so it was kind of a surprise for me to see how big it was. Yeah. Now, when I say a big room, I mean, damn. Like, the, most of the room was um, trading card games, so obviously I was hanging out with the Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic crowd most of the time. But then they had, like... Four or five games where we're going on outside the game room in giant circles of chairs. Yeah, not only that, we also had Hitman games going yeah, on. That's we true. also had like board games going left and right. And we they had... also had dealers in, in the game room too, so you could buy new cards or games or refreshments. They had that as an option as well. Let's not even talk about the beta testing games where you can actually play demo versions of certain games. 
I didn't even know that My Little Pony had a D20 system until freaking this year. So that was, I didn't either. That's just me, actually. <laughs> yeah, that caught me off guard. I'm like, how the fuck is this going to work? Like, am I beating people with kindness and sunshine and rainbows? Or what, what, what are we doing here? But, no, it, it was actually very expensive. It was a lot to take in. So, I I can't really hate on it it's it's max points in my book yeah we were so impressed i i was like we need to give this max points because i don't know how this could get any better tabletop wise to be quite frank with you um i chap and hookers don't count damn it all right fair all right so in that case we'll give them a full max point for now so let's jump to customer service now, customer service at this convention was on point for the most part. Yeah, mostly. They had a few issues here and there. Most of it had to do with it coming back to the badge checking. Yeah, that's where this comes back. My issue is, I'm, okay, I'm staffing this convention. We both are. I shouldn't be able to walk into any room. That's one of my biggest issues. You shouldn't be able to just go, oh, herpa-derpa-derpa, what's in here? That shouldn't be acceptable. Yeah, they should be like, hey, where is your form of identification, in this case your badge, to show that, hey, I can be in here, I have the privilege of being here because I paid for it. Right. Now, my issue with that is there's, again, back to the hentai panel situation, that was one of my biggest issues. There were other issues that just jumped left and right like there was no effective badge checking at some panels there was no effective badge checking in xyz areas but when it comes to like the rave the badge checking system there actually works like they have that place barred off for good reason yeah and they also bring in uh police officers as well to help check and manage lines as well just to be on the safe side yeah so I was kind of iffy about that. Now, when it came to, like, the true-blooded customer service of how people were actually being treated, I can't hate. Yeah, people were nice and friendly and tried to be informative as possible. The other thing that also helped with the customer service this year is that they had the new app on the Attendify app that people were using to download, and it helped people get around on their phone and helped keep them informed. I'm, okay, I'm actually going to hold my tongue when it comes to that app. Because that's going to be in the organization thing. Yeah, there were some issues organization-wise with that. I'm not going to lie. That app, I personally hate the way that app is programmed. So I'm, I'm going to hold my tongue on that one. But at least when it came to customer service, it was a good tool that someone could use up to be like, hey, this is what I saw in the app. Can you help fill me in type? Because there wasn't a program book, it was like a nice placeholder to help. Yeah, it was like a pocketbook Facebook. Yeah, basically, yeah. And that goes to a whole different ball of wax. Yeah. But for the customer service, I'm not going to give them a full point. I will give them 0.7, though, out of one. Yeah. So now we're moving on to the photo shoots. Now at YomaCon, they did have backdrops in the dealer's hall. They were mainly just pictures hung on like two poles and then you could stand in front of it and it looked like you were in like a fancier area but it wasn't like an actual set compared to asen and anime magic where they actually had sets that you could stand in and take photos around and actually use like the furniture or the items in the set yeah now it's actually pretty cool because obviously those things they cost a pretty penny so yeah i'm happy that at least they put something out Exactly. They also had a wide variety of photo shoots that you could actually attend, and they were in the guidebook 
So they had a wide range of popular series, they had newer series, they had older series, and then they had the niche series. So they covered all of their bases when it came to the photo shoots at this convention. And then there was the JoJo's. Jesus, there was a lot of JoJo cosplayers. Yeah, but that's always a good thing. Hence our opening. Now, even with only backdrops, cosplayers, I, I said it once, I'll say it a thousand times, where there's a will, there's a way. They found a way to actually put out some bomb-ass photo shoots left and right. Yeah, and then while I was there, I actually had a private photo shoot that I had, and there were a lot of those going around, and all of those seemed to be running well, and they were out of the way, and people weren't being Snorlaxes and blocking every passage possible. Yeah, there was a few. Let, let's, let's not well, be wrong. There's always going to be a few. Let's not, I'm not going to say there aren't any, but the chance of them occurring when they could have been was very low compared to previous years, I oh, would yes. argue. So, with that being said, and there's very little else to say, I have to give photo shoots a... 0.7 out of the four. full point. Yes. Now, for the other part... That we've kind of been dreading, because it's the other low score on this review, if you couldn't tell by the tone of Jackson's voice. Okay. So, organization. Was a big issue. Yeah. So, let's actually jump into the reason why I don't like the Attendify app. Yeah, so there are a couple issues with this app. Now... I like knowing my programs. I like knowing the security of a program. I like to know for a fact that I'm not going to be able to get stalked on a fucking program. Atten no one wants to be stalked on a program they just download. That ain't fun for no one. No one <laughs> signs up for an app to have that happen to them. Yeah. Attendify has several security issues that I personally don't like. Like the fact that my full name is on display to literally anyone that has the app. That's not acceptable. Um, the fact that you can literally see anything that someone has put in their own personal schedule if you know how to get to it. That's also not acceptable. Yeah, because if I can be like, oh, hey, here's this person's schedule, I can follow them from panel room to panel room, especially if they say they don't want me to be near them or if like there's a restraining order or something. That's a big, big issue right there. Now... That being said, oh, you could always say, oh, you don't have to put your actual schedule on there. Yet, not that many people think about that. My and people are mainly using it as a tool to help them plan their con. Cause, because they didn't have an actual planning book, th then the app replaced that. That's what they're going to be using it for because it's an easier way to do it. Because if you highlight something, you can put it as like a maybe and then you can just pull up your favorites of the ones that you actually want to attend instead of having to scroll through the whole thing every single time. Because then that's just tedious. Right. So... That's one thing that I didn't like. That That's a whole thing that I did not like organization-wise is just how that app works alone. We can go right back to the hentai situation, but let's actually keep on to that trend. So another thing that you could do on the Attendify app was ask a question, and anyone can answer you. And that's a whole thing where it can be helpful, but it can also be very dangerous and misleading, and someone can mislead you to a wrong area that can hurt you and could be beneficial to them, which leads to the whole stalking angle once again. Yeah, again, I wasn't happy about how this app was run. Now, I'm not going to trash it too much because there was a lot of community-based stuff that happened that was actually fairly wholesome. Like, oh, someone lost their badge at one point, I want to say, or lost... There was a lot of... They lost, lost like, a found. bag or something, and they're like, oh, hey, I found this. Does this belong to someone? That's great. 
But there should be a way to gatekeep, or you can leave like a rating system on someone's tip or something, so that way you can be like, hey, this person leaves good tips, or this one isn't leaving very good tips, you should be more careful about the tip that they yeah. leave, type thing. Yeah, there's there's a lot of security issues that was on the app alone. Now let's we can jump we can jump into this whenever because this app this app pisses me off. But there there are some positives. Like I said, there's it's not all bad. Yeah, <laughs> like I saw so much camaraderie that was going on on the app alone, and there were so many good funny moments that I was actually quite happy. Now there was a lot of breaches and rules that were happening on the app, but those were very quickly squashed. But, like, in other regards to organizations that don't involve this app, the lines weren't always being handled the best when it came to registration, panels, or getting into the dealer's room because they had that snake throughout the whole entire TCF center now because it's no longer the Cobo. But it was, obviously, you had to, you know, dodge through the lines if you wanted to get somewhere, if we had to get to a panel, or if we had to get food for our guests or something along those lines. Yeah, there was a lot of clusterfucks, and there wasn't a lot of, well signs anywhere actually any anywhere yeah there's a huge lack of signs and you basically had to use the map in the attendify app to be like oh this is where this should be type thing right luckily jackson i had previous years of experience to know where everything is for the most part yeah and that was one of those big things where i'm just like all conventions should make it um easy for newcomers to come to their convention don't make it a giant pan's labyrinth and that actually rolls into why i hate the gm center he's not a big fan of the renaissance center and to be fair if it's your first year at yomacon and you go into the renaissance center it's going to be confusing as hell because basically the renaissance center was built to prevent riots in the building because there were riots earlier on in detroit but it earlier, hasn't... hold on earlier on you mean every tuesday well, you're not exactly wrong, <laughs> Shit. but but basically, it's supposed to help prevent riots. And basically, you can only go up one floor on each elevator or escalator on the first five floors, and thus it's like the main ones in the middle that either go from two to forty or forty to seventy, basically. And it's a very weird system, and it technically works, but because it the way that building is built, it can be confusing. You can get lost in there very easy. Because I had to explain it to Jack this first year. And it took a hot minute for him to understand the layout of the building. Look, I had to actually pull out a D&D map <laughs> and actually write this down and actually, like, keep track of where I was with a little mini. And I gave him the special magic words so he can get into every room, too, because he needed them. I was, like, throwing rocks at people after a while trying to get gold. It got bad, but it... But that's not the convention's fault itself, but... Going back between the Kobo and the Renaissance Center can be confusing depending on how they have it labeled and phrased on the uh, Tendify or the guidebook. Oh no, actually it actually works against the con as well because the thing is, on the on the sheet itself it flat out says, oh, it's in this room. However... Does it say where that room is? Yeah, the map... <laughs> doesn't tell me where that room is yep. at all and i have to sit there and go okay i have to climb mount sauron and then hope that the golden ring is there already and then i have to whisper the sacred words let me in bitch and then it usually <laughs> works and it, it it's just one of those things that irk me where it's like i need better signage i need better everything just better organization so because of that organization got a point one, one out of one yeah so let's jump to the dealer's hall 
And let's we'll talk probably about... throw the artist alley in there too, because once again they were in the same location, which isn't a bad thing. Apparently, that's a trend. No, and it's not a bad thing because the artist alley was up front, so you could go through all the artist alley stuff first, and then the dealers hall was the back two thirds or half, and then that way the artist alley could actually be looked at before going to the dealers hall stuff. So then you would actually look at their stuff because sometimes they know the artist alley can feel overlooked to some artist alley. Uh, booth vendors yeah okay this is something that we'll we'll do dealers hall first and then we'll do our own sally yeah dealers hall the first thing i saw was well we both saw it because we were together yeah the first thing we both saw titties mostly titties um i'm sorry but uh, this goes to me saying this is a family event Kids come to this, teenagers come to this, adults come to this, grandpa comes to this, grandma comes to this, what have you. Their dog comes to this. Every blue moon, if you have a service animal, yes. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry, but your hentai booth that is right on the bare ass of the artist alley should have some form of convenient screen or something or anything that allows people not to see titties. There were more hentai things that I've seen on display just blatant in my entire life at this one booth. And I have gone to a lot of cons and I have lived, motherfuckers, I have lived. This was a travesty in my eyes. Yeah, so we saw a lot that shouldn't be seen by younger children. They did fix it later on during the convention, which is the small plus in this situation but it shouldn't have even been a thing to begin with if it's going to be a family-run event and be advertised as such yes now here's the thing that i'm going to point out there were other hentai dealers there were and guess what they had their booth set up so that you had to essentially give them your id show them that you were you know not a child and make sure that you can actually go back there they give you black bags to make sure that the shit isn't being able to be seen outside, and that way you don't have to deal with the cops later on. That's how it's done. That is a proper fucking way That's to do a That's the industry standard at this point, for the most part, actually. Yeah. What I saw was disturbing. I don't like it. I didn't like it. That's just how I am. Otherwise, other than that, it's a pretty standard dealer's haul. The, they had your shirts. They had the DVDs that you could buy. They didn't have as much industry support as, say, like, ASEN or Anime Expo. There wasn't any really big industry support in the dealer's hall like we have had in previous reviews. The big thing I will actually say that went kind of in my plus pattern, there was a giant rubber duck. I like giant rubber ducks. I don't know about y'all, but I like giant rubber ducks. They actually also had a ball pit in there. Yes, I saw did. it. I just also a plus in their favor. Yep. Any con with a ball pit, we will give you points. Don't matter. Don't care. I'll do it. I don't give a shit. And because of that, that's why the Deathers Hall overall got a point four out of one yep. for its section. Now, the Artist Alley itself being in the same room, like I said earlier, I thought it was a good thing that you had to go through the Artist Alley to get to the Deathers Hall because then that way you looked at more of their stuff. And I actually thought they had a decent variety of things. For me, there was a lot of good stuff, and I was actually upset that I couldn't buy as much as I really wanted to. There was one thing that I really wanted to do. It was a squeaky bee. I really wanted the he squeaky really bee. He really wanted the squeaky bee. I really wanted the squeaky bee. It was adorable. It was precious. It was a bee that squeaks. I I, I can't complain. That that's I mean, I, I was also eyeing some things. Another thing that we haven't mentioned yet is how big the aisles were. All the aisles were actually really nice and big so that you could see everything. That was also a huge plus. And that actually was something that was really cool because the reason why we bitch and complain about like aisle space 
there's a lot of people that come to this con. That's number one. Number two, not everybody wants you breathing down their neck while you're looking at one thing or another. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, just for disability's sake, hey, walkers, ro- walkers, rascals, shit like that. I want to actually have everybody able to come in here successfully and not be, you know, over-encumbered by stress or too many people badgering them and yada, yada, yada. I love wide spaces for that reason alone. There was plenty of space. The other plus for that is it actually makes you dedicate yourself to one side or the other. And if you want to go and back and you actually and forth. have to get close to a booth to see all the items and actually forces that way for you to look at each booth and their items individually, and you actually get to see more that way compared to when you're cramped together, and then well, you have to really struggle to see everything at a booth sometimes, depending on what they're selling. Exactly. So I fucking love the way that they had it set up. I love the fact that the artists actually get priority when you come through the door. I love the fact that the dealers, while they are an industry, they get their own priority as well. Now, I guess one kind of negative was is that if you were a guest, though, and you also had merch, you were kind of in the back. And not everyone always went to the back of the dealers hall to see the guests if they were back there, which isn't a huge plus because that means because they're technically an artist or some of them are artists. Yeah. So so it's harder for you to see some of their stuff if they're all the way in the back and not everyone's going to go back there. Yeah. And my own personal belief is the way it should be set up is Artist Alley guests and then dealers hall so for that being said the artist alley like the dealers hall gets a point four out of one yep. mainly because it was very average and because it was so average we thought it was actually a little under average or not up to snuff in some areas so because of that even though we weren't harsh on it when we spoke about it we were kind of expecting a little bit more yeah let's hit the last of the last when it comes to this and that's going to be attendees yeah now the attendees for this convention seemed generally hyped they didn't see overly hyped or underly hyped it seemed about an average year each year there wasn't anything super special that was like that rose the hype or there was anything bad that undermined the hype if anything i think it was a low year this year like it yeah was... i thought attendance was kind of down this year compared to the other years because yeah. when i was walking around on saturday i was like I thought there would be more people. I thought I would have less breathing room. Right. And usually you get some mad hype on Saturday. You usually get an influx of people. But this con, not so much. It was low. Like, severely low. But because nothing really bad happened or nothing really good happened, we thought it was pretty average overall, and that's why we gave it a point three out of point five. Yes. Now. So now we're moving on to the niche factor which is the new category we added in the Ramen Con episode. Now, for Yomacon, they actually didn't have that big a niche factor. The one thing that they did have that was in their niche factor is that they have a maid cafe. However, this maid cafe was moved from its normal location based on previous years. It got moved to the Crown Plaza Hotel, which added a third building that people need to go to instead of the normal two, which just used to be the Kobo and the Rensen. Now, the maid cafe itself, when I went was actually very good. The maids were very very well versed in what they did. They had games prepared and the food actually was very good that they had there. They didn't make it themselves, but the food that they brought out was good. Now, that being said, I actually had a chance to hop into the maid cafe for a little bit and the dances and the songs and everything that they put together, I liked. I yeah, really I did. thought they were really good. Hmm. So, 
I'll give them a point, but again, this convention felt on the low end of its usual years, plus there's the whole fact that there's not really much of a niche factor for them to have outside of the Maid Cafe. Yeah, I was about to say, it's a pretty standard big convention overall, and they don't really have a niche factor that some of the smaller cons we, we've gone to would have. So that's why we gave it a point one out of point five. Yes. So, we've come to the end of our time. Let's actually tally up the total and see what we got. Weep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. It is a total of 6.5. So that's our review for YomaCon 2019. Now, we have been very busy, obviously, so we will be coming out with our regular episodes back soon, and then we'll be taking a quick break in January. You'll still get your episode the first week or second week of January, but then we'll take a slight hiatus, and we'll be working our butts off to get you premium content ready for the rest of of the first half of next year yes be prepared for some surprises be prepared for some weird shit be prepared for anything at this point i might have pumpkins i don't know yeah but we're really working on some end of the year stuff in addition to some beginning of the year stuff so we are looking forward to producing that for you we are also working on getting new equipment so that we can produce more content do twitch streams slash youtube videos the web content be there and then you guys know where to find us we're conventional the podcast at gmail.com conventional crew on twitter without the e yep all right and as always if you want to hit us up on facebook hit us up at the conventional podcast we have our own thing we have our own discord we have what do we have else we'll see we have a coffee we have a patreon we have a kickstarter probably wait no we don't anyway so the point is you can find us anywhere the links will always be in the description we still need to get the instagram working we don't talk about the instagram i'm still working on that shit i know but that's gonna force you to work on the more i talk about it. i hate to liar be that guy but you know it to be true fuck you anyway Poke. ah fuck you <laughs> anyway so with that being said i am Jax, and i'm cloud and we're signing off peace, peace.